It's called overcoming failure. Uh, we're at this point in Moses' life uh, and the, the story of Moses. Um, and we, we've seen in the last, uh, last three sermons that you've got to hear, one was the first part of Exodus where we found out that if we're going to follow God into the unknown, we've got to move on. We've got to move on from some things. We got some things that at one time were the greatest blessing, were really good things, uh, like Egypt was to the Hebrew children, had now become a place of bondage, and it was time to move on. We found out the seasons change, but God does not. We found out that when we step uh, out in faith and follow God into the unknown, there's only one thing uh, that he can deliver, and I can guarantee he will deliver every time is unimaginably more is what you're going to find uh, when you trust him more than you trust yourself. And I'm, when I say unimaginably more, I don't mean more money, more power, more success. You're going to find more validation and purpose in him. And there's no better thing in this world to have than to know you are in step, in lockstep with your creator. The, the third thing we found that was Moses was going to be humbled when we go into the unknown we have to understand who we are and who God is. And Moses was humbled when he was moved from the palace to the wilderness. He became a shepherd, um, and, and God began to speak to him there. And he was reminded when God spoke to him in the burning bush, and he said, Moses, he said, Mo, uh, he said Moses, uh, come here. I need you to go down to Egypt. And Moses said, who am I? And God just simply replied, I am with you. In effect, saying, Moses, it doesn't matter who you are. Uh, what matters is that I will be with you. Tonight we're going to talk about when things don't go as planned. I don't know um, if that has happened for you recently. It happened for us Sunday morning. That was not how we planned uh, Sunday morning by any stretch. Um, and, and so when things don't go as planned, um, how do you respond? How do we, how, how, how do we make sure we, we remain in place and in tune with God's message and call in our life um, because I'm telling you this world is full of trouble and things will not go as planned and I'll also say we find in this story that when we follow God into the unknown we will think things will be one way and, uh, and, and, and God will point us one direction and things will not go the way we think they should go um, and so what do we do in those moments when things are not going as planned. So let's dig into this and look. We're going to go through several chapters tonight. We're going to, not going to look at every verse, um, but there's two things I'm going to look at first uh, from chapter four. This is called the doubt. I'm going to look at the doubt of Moses as God is beginning to call him. We looked at it a little bit in the humbled sermon. And then we're going to look at the patience of God. Let's look at those things. Uh, chapter 4, verse 1, Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? This is Moses talking to God still. He's at the burning bush, and God is having this interchange with Moses. And uh, Moses said, first, he, his first doubt was that the people would not believe him. In verse 1, it says, If I go down there, uh, what if they don't believe me? What if they don't believe me that I spoke to you and that you didn't appear to me? What if they don't believe me? And then in verse 10, he finds Moses doubting in himself. Let me read verse 2 for you first, though, and 4. 
what, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Uh, I don't have this on the slides, but in verse 2, then the Lord said to him, was that in your hand? And if you follow, if you watched Humbled, that was the story where Moses throws the staff down. It turns into a snake, scares him to death. Uh, he ends up grab, God tells him to grab the tail of it, and it turns back into his staff. And God takes him through this interchange to tell, teach him, like, God, I'm going to be with you. Here are the miracles you can perform. Here's what you can do. Here's what I'm going to do through you to convince them that I appeared to you. And then after all that, after verse 9, uh, this is Moses' response. In verse 10, Moses says to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. So first he didn't believe, or he was scared. He doubted that the people would believe him. And then second, we find that he doubted his own ability a doubt in himself. Even after he said, God, who am I? And God said, I'm with you. Does it matter? He's still saying, I can't talk, God. I'm not the right guy. I can't talk. You've got the wrong one. I love his response in this. Uh, <laughs> chapter 4, verse 11, when Moses says, I can't talk. And God just simply says, who made your mouth? When you give that response to God and you say, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I can't talk, I can't do this, I'm not the right person, God, they're not going to trust me, uh, I'm, I, I, I'm just, I'm not the right one. Remember that God made you, that he breathed life into you, that he, he numbered the hairs on your head, that he knew your name uh, before you were born, he formed you in your mother's womb. But just remember those things. This is what God is telling Moses. I'm going to use you. You're doubting me, and yet I want to use you. I'm here calling you, and you're telling me you can't do the job. Then we find in verse, uh, oh, he says, now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. And then we find in verse 14 that uh, just straight up fear from Moses uh, where he begins to, to, to back out completely. He doubted they'd believe him. He doubted it himself. Uh, and then it's just straight up fear. Just straight up fear. He's like, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Just anybody but me. Like, I've been out here, God, being a shepherd for 40 years. Like, I used to be a prince. You know, I appreciate you, you know, catching this bush on fire and hanging out here a while with me. Um, but I'm good. I just want to go back home to Zipporah, hang out with our family. I want to keep taking care of these sheep. You know, I really don't want to go to Egypt, pick somebody else. They're not going to believe me, and I can't talk to them anyway. I'm nervous, slow of speech. I'm not the right one. You know, God was using something small in Moses' life to, to get him past this doubt and over it, this staff he was holding. God had already shown Moses what he could do with just this simple thing when he threw it down, when he was obedient and he did what God said, this, this miraculous power he had to do uh, with, with, with just his, his staff, this dead piece of wood. And God does that in our lives. He uses ordinary things for extraordinary purposes. This is how God works. And he's done that in your life in some way. And, and, and we find as we go throughout this story that Moses keeps that staff close to him. As a reminder of the times when he begins to doubt, to remember, God, you took this piece of wood. You did miraculous things with it. You can deliver today. I would encourage you. 
And God can take an ordinary thing, your voice, a pen, a hammer, a, a, a musical instrument, a medical device, whatever it is that God has called you into, boxing gloves, coffee. He can take little things like that. And when they're put into his service, when, 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 when they are used in obedience with him, he can do extraordinary things. There's nothing little when put into God's service. Cast all the doubt out when God is calling you. So we see the doubt of Moses, but in this interaction, um, we, we see something that's incredible for me to think about. And that's this patience of God, how patient God really is with Moses. And, and the reason this is encouraging uh, is because I need patience. And I, I'm thinking about this in, in, in this way. Let me frame it up. You have here uh, the God of all creation, right? And, and the most powerful man on the earth at the time is Pharaoh. Egypt is by far the most powerful nation, the most powerful kingdom, and in just a few chapters' time, God is going to bring this country, Egypt, and this powerful king to their knees. He is going to absolutely leave no doubt in their minds that their gods are made up and that he is supreme. And yet, we find this all-powerful God displaying some supernatural patience here. Here he is at the burning bush, talking to the she this shepherd. <laughs> I mean, God knows what he's about to do, and he, he can't even get this shepherd to leave and go in faith in him and trust him. He's going back and forth, back and forth with Moses. Moses saying, I don't think they'll believe me. So God does this, this, and this. He, he says, throw your staff down. I'm going to help you, Moses. It's going to be okay. Moses saying, well, I can't really talk. And God saying, Moses, I made your mouth. It's going to be okay. I'll go with you. I'll help you talk. Can we just, just pause there for a minute and be thankful for God's patience in our life. While he's all-powerful, he's supernaturally patient. I'm thankful he's been patient with me because there's been times I've doubted him. There have been many times I've gone my own way, tried to solve things my own way. There are times I've been scared to speak up on my faith when I when I was in college in political theory class and my professor was an atheist and there were a majority of the students in the class were atheists and I just remember uh, not being armed with the understanding I knew my faith I'd grown up in church but I didn't have the the, the intellectual ability to debate at this level they would poke holes in things and it started making me think and, and question um, and, but guess what? The more I questioned and the more I dug in and studied, the more confident I was in God's Word. But there was a time that I was doubting, that I was maybe ashamed. And yet, God was patient with me. 
of times when we were starting this church and I was saying, I'm, I'll pastor week to week. And yet, like five years before that, I'd told God this. I'd said, whatever you want me to do, I will do. And I thought that was going to be pastor of church five years ago. I thought, if you want me to go into full-time ministry, I'll go into full-time ministry. And then God took my life down this, uh, this, this decade of craziness after I prayed that prayer that I would have never anticipated. And halfway through that decade, we end up with about 25 of us together on a Sunday morning. I'm the only preacher there I preach. And before uh, too many weeks into this, I thought I was just leading a Bible study until we found another church to go to, and they started calling me pastor, and they started coming up with a name, and I was saying, uh, we need to find a pastor. I'm not the pastor. I can't do it right now. And in the back of my mind, I was remembering the prayer I'd prayed and what I'd told God, I will do it, I will do it. And a year in, I looked back, and God had done incredible things. And I said, I don't know how I'm, I'm doing this. And God said, you're not. I am. We're gonna, we are going to do this. People need this church need this uh, this this added effort to share the good news of my son Jesus Christ I would have been really frustrated he had every reason in the world uh, to give up on me but he was patient let's do something with that thankfulness the appreciation for that patient let's put it into action if God's patience with us is patient with us it might be okay if we are patient with others. It might be okay if we added a little more patience with our, with our spouse, with our children, with our family, with our friends. And I'm talking about Facebook friends. I tell you, patience goes out the window on social media. I mean, we, we don't take two seconds to think about something. We're typing it out and retweeting. And I mean, it is the most vile, divisive craziness I've ever seen that is going on on social media. Can we also take that patience and not take uh, advantage of it? I don't think that's what God wants us to do. You know, patience is similar to grace. God has grace when we're truly repentant. It's always there to be taken. But, uh, but, but Paul said, if, 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 well, if grace is greater than than, than, than the law, then should I just go and sin and do whatever I want? He says, he says, no, 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 no. See, grace does something. When you truly accept it, it has an effect on you. It changes your heart, and it changes your want to. <laughs> it changes you. It changes you from the inside out, and you begin to want different things. And you, you begin to, to love different things and care about different things and be less selfish, and God begins over time a process called sanctification to change you for the better. That we should grow over time in our Christian walk to be more and more like Christ. Because I want us to get to here to see what happens with Moses. Uh, after, after he has he, he is, he is spoke to God and he said this last thing, just send somebody else. And, and God just eventually is frustrated. He says, then the Lord's anger burned against Moses and he said, what about your brother? Aaron the Levite, I know he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. I love this, because I'm going to pause just a second. At the end of Exodus chapter 4, um, let me find it here. 
verse 27. It says, The Lord said to Aaron, Go into the wilderness to meet Moses. But in verse 14, God is our, he, he tells Moses, He is already on his way to meet you. I think this is just such an incredible uh, um, piece of evidence of God's providence. If he's speaking to Moses saying, I've already lined things up. When you step into the unknown, I'm, you, you're going to make plans. I'm going to direct your steps. In your heart, man devises plans. God directs his steps. And I'm already working this out. And we find it's not down to 27 until God speaks to Aaron and says, Hey, I want you to go meet Moses in the wilderness. And Aaron goes and meets Moses in the wilderness, so they decide, and they go together. Chapter 4, verse 17, God tells Moses, take the staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. And so he took the staff of God in his hand. He got his wife and sons. He finally relented when God said Aaron would go with him. He got his wife. He got Zippor. He said, hey, we're going on a journey. He got his sons. They got on a donkey. And they headed back to Egypt. The end of chapter 4, we find uh, the, the first step and what they do once they get there. They bring together all of the elders of the Israelites and uh, the Hebrew children, and they, the leadership, and they tell them and they show the signs of the staff and what God has told them, that they've come to rescue them, that, that God has heard their cries and they have come and, and God has sent them to rescue them from Egypt. Verse 29 and 30. Moses and Aaron brought together all the elders of the Israelites, and Aaron told them everything the Lord had said to Moses. He also performed the signs before the people. And they believed. And when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshipped God. After that, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go, so that they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. Now, you're going to see this coming Sunday as we look at what Moses goes through and how many times he goes back to Pharaoh and says these words, him and Aaron. They say, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, let my people go. Let my people go. Let my people go. He says it here. And we find that Pharaoh says, who's the Lord? Who is, I mean, this is, the king of Egypt. I don't even know how Moses and Aaron got into his court to speak to him. God worked that out. Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? He's a businessman. He's a political leader. He's got two million slaves doing free labor. This bring his country to his knees if the Israelites leave. Why should I let them go? I do not know this God, this Lord, Yahweh. I am a whatever. We got the sun God. We got the God of the river. I'm not going to listen to your God, Moses and Aaron. I'm not letting Israel go. And what we find here is Moses has stepped in obedience. He's gone into the unknown. He's done what God wants him to. He goes and speaks to Pharaoh. And here's what happens. I didn't know if I had the verse on there or not. I don't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just paraphrase it for you. After uh, Moses and Aaron tell him this, and, and Pharaoh says, I'm not letting them go, he brings in all the slaves, the taskmasters, the leaders, and, and he says, you know what? I, I, uh, I, this has enraged me. Actually, you have wasted my time. 
I'm mad at Moses and Aaron. I'm mad at the Hebrew children. So what I want you to do is see the Hebrew, the slaves right now, what they were doing, they were building these bricks, and they, they used straw uh, to, build, to create, to build, to make these bricks. Well, the Egyptians would gather all the straw and bring it to the slaves, the Hebrew children, so that they could make the bricks. And, and the Pharaoh says, not anymore. I don't want you taking straw to them slaves. I want you to tell them they got to go get their own straw, and I still want them to make the same amount of bricks, meet the same quota. Give, gave them a task. This is just like you and me, your boss come in, you said, hey, listen, we fired two of your, your coworkers. You've got all their duties um, starting tomorrow, and uh, you've got to produce the same amount you've always produced in your job. You've got to meet the same quota, and you've got to do three jobs. And then throw on top of that, hey, if you don't do it, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> Makes it a little different, right? And this is what Moses is, and this is what's happening because of what, wait, 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 but God, I've been faithful. You told me to go talk to Pharaoh. You told me you were going to let the people go. See, when you follow God in the unknown, there's all these things when things don't go as planned or they don't seem like they make sense and you get into these moments and that is where Moses and Aaron are. In verse 17, I want to read this for you. Pharaoh said, lazy, that's what you are, lazy. That's why you keep saying, let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Now get to work. You will not be given any straw yet. You must produce your full quota of bricks. Verse 19 says the Israelite leaders realized that they were in trouble. When they were told, you, you, you can't reduce the number of bricks you're going to make. When they left Pharaoh, they found Moses and Aaron waiting to meet them. And they said, may the Lord look on you and judge you. You have made us obnoxious to Pharaoh and his officials have put a sword in their hand to kill us. Here we are. Moses has been faithful. He's been obedient. What he told God he was afraid of. What he was doubting is beginning to come true. Things aren't going the way he wished they would go. He went to Pharaoh and actually it's made it worse. And now the Israelites are mad at Aaron and Moses. They said, may God look on you and judge you. You have caused them to put a sword against us. Moses went back to the Lord and said, Why, Lord, have you brought your people trouble on this? Brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh speaking your name, he has brought trouble on this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. Can you sense his frustration here? God goes on to tell Moses, Go back to the Israelites. I promise I'm going to rescue them. Tell them you're going to rescue them. Moses goes back and he tells them that. Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor, Exodus 6, verse 9. What did Moses first say to God? In chapter 4, verse 1, what if they don't believe me? God told him they, they would. He could show them signs, and now here he is discouraged, probably feeling like a failure, feeling like, God, I've really, 
Just take me back to Midian. Let me, put me back, give me my flock back. I mean, did I come to Egypt for this? You are not rescuing them at all. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go out of his country. But Moses said to the Lord, If the Israelites will not listen to me, why would Pharaoh listen to me since I speak with faltering lips? Let me say this. There's three things I want to close with of how to, how to deal and how to overcome and how to, in, in the midst when plan, things don't go as planned, uh, three three things that come out of this for me. Uh, the first one is you have to take the long view. You cannot take one set of circumstances, one moment in time, and define your character and define your life. Uh, failure is not fatal. Uh, success is not final. This is a life is a series of ups and downs and failures and successes, and n- none of them define you for the entirety. Um, and, and and so here we have Moses, who's in a moment in time, who could just look up to now, and say, "Whew, this is this is bad. Today is a bad day, and I've had plenty of nights. I've had plenty of meetings. I've had plenty of days. I've had plenty of failures and mistakes." where I thought today is a bad, bad day. But there's always tomorrow. And you have to take the long view, especially us uh, as, as Christians in this generation who, who know we have the hope and the promise of eternity and heaven. Right? I mean, we'll have days where things don't go as planned and, and things are frustrating and they can get to us and they can discourage us, but not if we take the long view and we know that in the end we win, in the end God has already won the, the, the greatest victory. The second thing is that when his purposes aren't clear, we have to cling to his promises. See, this doesn't make sense right now to Moses. But if he would think back and he would remember what God has said, God said, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. But he's also promised. He has said, I am going to deliver my people. This reminded me uh, last week we were, I was, having, I, was on a, I was having a phone call with a friend uh, and uh, we were just talking about God and several things that was happening in each of our lives. Um, and uh, he, he shared this, this story with me um, about uh, Jesus in the New Testament when he takes the disciples and he, he tells them, let's go over to the other side. And they get in the boat in the Sea of Galilee and they start out and about halfway across, right? Jesus is asleep and a storm comes and they all think they're going to die. And then Jesus wakes up and, and he says, oh, ye of little faith. And, and my friend, he was telling me, he was saying, it just, I never thought about this and he heard some preacher Another preacher preach on it, but and I've always thought, yeah, when God told him in the boat, he knew the storm was going to come. But he also told them, you are going to go to the other side. If they would have known who they were in the boat with, if they really had their minds around it, if you really understood who you were serving and who your God is, you would take him at his promises. We would take him at his promises and not get so discouraged when his purposes aren't clear.
The third thing, and this is the most important, is three words. When you're in the midst and things aren't going as planned, but you know you are in God's purposes. I'm not talking about this and you know your life plans and your, your, your wealth plans and your business plans. I'm talking about God's purpose in your life. When, you, when you're lined up with these things, yet you feel discouraged and frustrated, things have not gone as planned. God has not delivered like you wish he would and thought he was going to. Three words. Do not quit. Because Moses had every reason in the world as a man, as a human being, to throw in the towel, pack up his family. Listen, I came down here. God, you have made a complete mess. Pharaoh hates me. The Israelite leaders hate me. The, all of the children of Israel hate me. They hate, they hate you. They don't trust you. They, I mean, this is a complete mess. I'm getting out of here, going back to Midian. I made the biggest mistake of my life. But Moses, as a faithful servant of God, one called by him, one chosen by him just like you and me, has every reason in the world to not throw in the towel. Because God has already promised, I am going to deliver my people and you are going to be the one that helps me do it. You remember Paul in Philippians. I said, I'm forgetting what's behind me, and I've not attained the prize yet, but one thing I do, one thing I do is I press on toward the goal that in Jesus Christ I press on. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world right now. Things. Uh, let me say this, 2020 has not gone as planned, I don't think, for anybody. <laughs> I don't think anybody say, yeah, this is, I had, uh, I had all this in my planner for 2020. No, this is uh, unlike any year we've seen. But God is still on the throne. His promises are still true. He still has purposes for each and every one of us to not live in fear Let's be safe, but not to live in fear because fear makes you retreat. It makes you push back. And God has purpose and things for us to be doing. Let's do them safely, but let's not live in fear. Because when we built this church, when we, uh, before we put the carpet down, and I say church, when we, when we remodeled this room and this building so we could have church in it, so the church could come into it, uh, people wrote verses on this stage and where I stand every Sunday morning. That verse in Philippians is the one I wrote. It was my commitment to God to be like Paul. It just said, I press on God's word to you today is whatever you're trying to let define you as a failure. God, Moses had failed so many times. He'd messed up so many times. I mean, he's 80 years into his life. He had it all for the first 40 years, 
made one pretty bad mistake and then spent 40 years as a shepherd thinking he never would have purpose again for God and yet God was always in the midst of preparing for the next step and you have to believe that God's point uh, your life up to this point God has been preparing you for what is next and now you cannot quit imagine if Moses packed up and went back to Midian what he would have missed out on this is the man that's going to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt that's going to hold the staff up that's going to split a sea that's going to bury the army of Egypt this is the man today is not the day 2020 is not the year to lose faith 2020 is not the year to quit it's the year to press on God we thank you God, that some of the greatest characters of the Old Testament were so deeply flawed. God, because that means it's people that I can relate to. It shows me the power of your grace and your mercy and your patience. God, let me rest in that today. Let everyone listening today, those of you who are listening right now, I pray upon your heart and your life a strength of perseverance to not let all the uncertainty creep fear into your life, but let God's promises drive purpose in your lives, to drive purpose in our church and our community. All about one thing, and that is giving God glory. Bringing the message that, yes, we as mankind put ourselves in a hopeless situation with sin. We have been cursed and punished to death. The wages of sin are death. But by God's grace and mercy and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and his resurrection, he created a pathway out that gives us hope. It's as simple as Jesus' words, the pathway out. He just said, come unto me, and you will find rest. Don't work harder. Don't try harder. Don't be better. Don't stop sinning. Don't stop cussing. Don't stop drinking. He just said, come unto me, and you'll find rest for your soul. God, let us run to you. Tonight, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. I thank you for joining us tonight. Um, in the face of uncertainty, in the midst of things not going as planned, tonight let's take the long view. Let's trust his promises, and let's press on together. Hope you have a wonderful night. Join us Sunday morning, live stream only this week, no in-person services. Um, we'll be on at 11 a.m. Uh, at mbfc.church forward slash live. You can catch it on YouTube, our podcast, Faith Life Podcast, or on Facebook, New Beginnings Fellowship Church. Good night and God bless.